1965. In St. Louis, Missouri, the 630-foot-tall parabolic steel gateway arch is completed. Warren Buffett gains control of Berkshire Hathaway at $18 a share. Today, a share is $330,000. The miniskirt debuts in the streets of London, and James Bond is in London late for a meeting to hear about how a guy with an eye patch has stolen two nuclear weapons. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need for need for speed. Please, you can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to the... As I was saying, welcome, everybody, to the Last Action Podcast. I am Sphinx, and I got way too excited, and I forgot I wanted to play that music. But with me, the one and only LPJ. Hey guys, how are you? I, I, it's just me right now. No, it's so I'm, I'm great. No, we have guests. We do have guests, but I didn't introduce them yet. That's okay. They're still here. That's they true. They, they, this isn't like quantum mechanics where they appear once we talk about them. That'd be sweet if that was true. That would be pretty great. Anyway, we have uh, Craig WK. Welcome, Craig. Oh, great to be back. Awesome. And then we've got Joe. Hey guys, great to be back. I'm glad that you are all here today because we are talking about my favorite film franchise, James Bond, and we are doing a fantastic film. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> the one, the only Thunderball. Yes. Sean Connery's uh, fourth film into the franchise and the fourth yeah. film, you know, overall James Bond since Connery is our first Bond. Well, technically, I guess he's the second one, but. Yeah. Oh wow! I mean, we, we don't really. Yeah, we don't count the. <laughs> yeah, the we're not count yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, this film came out uh, for the Christmas holiday in 1965, which is actually a shift from how the last couple films were coming out because they were summer blockbusters. This time around, they decided to do it during Christmas time. I'm going to guess it's probably because of the fact that they are doing these every single year, and with the a mass success of Goldfinger, yeah. they needed more time to get ready for Bond's next adventure overall. So, and this was the first one filmed in widescreen as well, which is pretty exciting there. What so, were the other one? How were the other ones filmed? I don't know. They weren't filmed in 4x3. They couldn't have been. I'm not sure. I did also uh, uh, read about how this was uh, the first widescreen uh, uh, James Bond film. Yeah, uh, I saw fact, it several times. Yeah. It's the uh, reason why Sean Connery himself is in the uh, initial gun barrel scene because I think it's just the quality it was upped. It was going to be, be painfully obvious that he was not Sean Connery, mm -hmm. the stunt double who was doing the, the, the shots or whatever. And so, yeah, now... Uh, uh, we have, you know, at the actual Bond actors doing it. In fact, uh, it's. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the premiere because I thought it was interesting where this movie initially premiered. Mm. Where is that, Craig? Tokyo. 
It first uh, was unveiled uh, in Tokyo, Japan on December 9th, 1965. And I thought that was really weird because it's, I mean, it's not England, you know, it's not London. I would have figured that was where the premiere would be. But uh, in this case, it was Japan first. I wonder how many don't open in England first. Oh, that's yeah. something we'd have to look into. I'm not yeah. exactly sure. Because uh, it, it, maybe it opened first just because that happened to be the first time zone they were releasing it? Well, even though it didn't hit the U.S. till December 21st, so yeah, it's it like was two a, weeks later. It was a gap in between all of them, and, and it was Tokyo first from what I was reading up on it. At first, mm-hmm. I wanted to think maybe, because You Only Live Twice is the next Bond movie, and that's in Japan, but that's two years later. That's in 67. Yeah. Unless they were already scoping or, you know, sites, and that could maybe be. they were doing some early filming of it. I don't maybe know. they uh, wanted to, uh, uh, you know, sort of... Uh, uh, you know, like kind of, you know, appease Japan for the fact that they were going to be culturally insensitive in the next Bond film. You know, they were like, you know what? We'll just have our premiere there and they'll forgive us later. That's a nice way to put that. Getting out ahead of it. <laughs> for sure. Um, this Bond was directed by Terrence Young, who did the first two. He did Dr. No and From Russia With Love. Um, Guy Hamilton did Goldfinger. Oh. They asked him first and Hamilton said, I, I need a break. Like Goldfinger was apparently so much work for him that he's like, I really don't think I can take on Thunderball. So they they brought back Terrence Young. I'm not surprised, too, only because, I mean, they're cranking these things out every year. Yep. So crazy. I'm not surprised a director would get burned out. Yeah. Yeah. And people on the set were actually saying that the James Bond that we know of in the movies may be more based on Terrence Young than actually Ian Fleming himself. So there's a bunch of stories that were being told in the documentary I was watching about how Young would always had to have these extravagant parties and settings everywhere he was filming. So when they were in Nassau, the Bahamas, like when he arrived on the beach, like there were people with champagne and there were parties and masseuses and all of this. And it was like day in and day out. Like he nearly demanded this. To happen, huh. I, he offered it to everybody that was on the set. You know, they could all have these luxuries, but like that's like there's so many pictures I saw of him like smoking cigars, drinking martinis, all of that. It's like that really might be a heavy influence. I mean, he did do the first two Bond movies. Well, I guess that's why the budget was so big, <laughs> right? Pop quiz, hot shot. So I got a pop quiz for you. Uh oh. This was obviously a much larger budget in comparison. To the f- previous three movies, how much larger was this budget? So not the actual budget? How much more than... I mean... So obviously this is a larger budget. Okay. Right? In comparison to the others, was it like 50% larger? I think it's like 20 times. The answer is, it is larger than the budget of the first three movies combined. Whoa. That oh, is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And it must have been because he was throwing all those parties. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, you have to, you know, like Bond is like everything at this point. Like the the world is is focused on two things in 1964 and 65. It's the Beatles and it's James Bond. Like it is this British invasion of pop culture that is everywhere. Um, and so, you know, you have to, I, I wrote this down in my notes, like Thunderball takes everything that you got from those first three movies and they just had to one up everything. Like the levels of ridiculous that, that are so famous in James Bond today, I feel like it personally starts here with Thunderball. Because there are some pretty yeah. ridiculous things that are going on It here. is, uh, uh, it, it's funny you say that because uh, I, 
the actress who played uh, uh, Volpe, uh, Fiona, Fiona Volpe. Volpe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, her name escapes me at the moment. It's uh, Luciana it. Paluzzi, I yeah. believe. Yep. Luciana Paluzzi uh, had said that, you know, uh, when she went back to, like, Italian cinema, she was not taken seriously because of how outlandish this movie was. Mm-hmm. At least that's what she says. <laughs> This Who knows really, for sure, but I had know. a crush on her when I was younger, and so I'm b- obliged to believe whatever she says. <laughs> yeah. Th- this She's movie, still pretty stunning. She is pretty hot. This movie really, um, it reminds me of what happened to a lot of the like Pierce Brosnan movies, mm-hmm. where they just did things because they could, mm-hmm. not necessarily because they should. So, like for example, <laughs> the jetpack. Yeah, <laughs> love the jetpack. There's jet no pack. reason for that jetpack. No reason pack. at all. No, you know, there's no reason. There's no reason to have so much of this movie filmed underwater. Oh my god! Other than the fact that they could film it underwater for a quiz hot shot. Oh, uh oh. Do you know what percentage of this film is actually underwater? I, I, I do, but I'm gonna let you. ninety five percent. I was gonna say like I would guess like 90 percent is underwater. No, that's very high. It is very high. It does feel like a lot of times that is it. It's I, uh. Do you want to give a real guess? I or? would give a real guess of like forty five percent. Okay. I I'm my real guess is 94%. (laughs) And that's counting all the times when he's fighting sharks and he's dodging sharks and he's thrown into pools and other people are thrown into pools. There's a lot of water in this movie. All right, I guess if the the question was, where do you see water? I would say, yeah, you see water in 94% of the shots. But actually being underwater, it's about 25%. Wow. That's, yeah. it That's low. still a lot. Just still a <laughs> it lot. does seem low. Like, because <laughs> like in my notes, like eight times, I wrote like, oh, we're back underwater. <laughs> More underwater stuff. But I mean, nowadays, like we, like it definitely is something that I, I don't love in the film. I think as a kid, it was really cool. It was underwater and all that. But watching it so many other times since I was younger, it's like, oh, it's like you just said, you're like, oh, we're underwater again. Oh, we're underwater again. But at the time, like this was like revolutionary stuff. Sure. Like mm-hmm. there was not really any movies that that ever had shots like this, and definitely not ones of this length. No, which is the other thing that this Bond movie is is long, very long. <laughs> the first three <laughs> were all well under two hours. This one is well over two hours. You could you could recut this. You could probably take just off the top of my head. There's probably thirty minutes you could take out of this, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't affect the movie at all. No, this In fact, probably, it might make it better. Yeah, this yeah. plot does not have a whole lot to it at all. And neither did the book, from what I researched on. Well, but there's a lot to talk about with the book. Yeah, so let's let's backtrack just for a second here. What is your first experience with Thunderbolt? For me, uh, I and I, I talked about this on the previous episode I was on uh, uh, Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, want to go back and listen to that again, I, I don't blame you. And uh, <laughs> hit like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Uh, you know, just uh, and, and I have other shows we can talk about, too. But anyway, uh, so when I was younger, me and my buddy, Andy, who I grew up with, I uh, we watched a ton of James Bond movies. It, we got really into it because of like GoldenEye 007 for Nintendo 64 and us, you know, that that movie hit. And we just got really into it. And I. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, Thunderball would have been one of the ones that we were renting. We would rent like 
two, three, maybe even sometimes as many as four Bond movies over the course of a like a like a, a basically a slumber party, him spending the night or whatever, like a Friday night, a Saturday night or something, and uh, we would just like watch them nonstop, or we'd start them, fall asleep, maybe watch them the next day. So honestly, I can't think of the exact moment when I was watching Thunderball, uh, but uh, but yeah, it was one of those weekends where it was like playing GoldenEye 007, like you know, renting Thunderball from the local video store, and so I I do have a lot of fond memories about you know. Uh, this one and, and I do remember really enjoying this the first time I watched it and I still do really like it even if the movie has a few things in it that could you know, use a little work mm-hmm. um, I guess uh, I would say that when I was younger my dad is a big James Bond fan and I remember watching a lot of these with him and since you know given his age you know Connery is his Bond you know the one you know so mm-hmm. those are the ones that we watched so I remember watching all the early or all the Connery ones with him so I don't again like you I don't remember maybe the first specific time I saw it but I definitely yeah. know it was in around then mm-hmm. I know for me it was um, and I mentioned this with the Goldfinger episode as yeah. well you know I just remember getting into Bond watching the the TBS Knights of 007 specials. Oh, oh man. And so Thund- good. And Thunderball was, it, it might have literally been right after Goldfinger. Like, I watched Goldfinger and I'm like, oh, Thunderball now. And I just, you know, I, I'm imagining that's probably how it went down. I know it was definitely watching it on TV. And I also remember I loved Thunderball as a kid, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Now I, I don't know how I feel about it so much, but. Um, harpoons are cool, man. Harpoons are cool. <laughs> harpoons are cool. I don't they, know what to tell you. <laughs> they must have got those harpoons on like bulk discount for this movie. <laughs> there were so many harpoons. There are so in, many harpoons. In the movie's defense, how many other weapons can you use underwater? Yeah. Well, you know, and here's my issue. Why only take one harpoon? You've got <laughs> one shot. That's it. Bond only needs one shot. True that. <laughs> It's like it's like harpoons and knives. Those are the main underwater yeah. weapons. Knives uh-huh. with rubber blue handles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he got the point. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, LPJ? Uh, when was your uh, first experience with this movie? So this this movie is my introduction to Bond. Really? This was your first? Yeah, I was, and I remember it. I remember exactly what happened. I was I was eight years old. I was getting ready for bed, mm-hmm. and I was walking through the from the kitchen through the living room back to my room, and um, my dad was sitting there watching TV, and he was watching. And I saw, I saw one of the underwater battles, and I was like, "What? What is this?" He's like, "It's a James Bond movie. It's called Thunderball," and I said, "I've never heard of James. You know, I never heard of James Bond." And he's like, "Yeah, he's a secret agent." He started explaining it to me, and then he let me sit down mm-hmm. and watch. Probably a, a, a solid half an hour of it. Obviously, ninety percent of that half an hour they were underwater. Ninety-four percent. Ninety-four percent. Right. Uh, but that's when I that's when I really fell in love with with James Bond. And then later on, um, I don't know if it was that week we went and we rented. I was a, he let me rent Thunderball, and I sat and I watched it for the first time, start to finish. And um, at that point, it was my favorite James Bond movie. So, like, because I had seen, I had started to see them all, and that was still always the one that I considered like my favorite one. It's slightly changed now, but, uh, but yeah, this was my introduction to Bond. So, was Fiona Volpe your first love? <laughs> I know like that mine? was <laughs> that was the part that that was not the part that stuck with me. Surprisingly, really, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of nice boobs in this movie, but <laughs> but that was not the part that stuck with me. 
I was gonna say Domino is is good looking too. Sure, you know they they <laughs> both are pound for pound. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty good looking. Yeah, I'm sure glad we're having this conversation. Yeah. This is, I'm sure glad we're alienating. Well, well, maybe not your fans. No, 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 no mine. Probably not. Probably not mine. Um, Probably not. But that was another thing I wanted to bring up in this movie. Bond is super rapey in this. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. the worst in it's this. It's kind of <laughs> gross. It's super gross. I mean, we mentioned that in Goldfinger, too, where he pretty much tackles... Um, Pussy He's galore a, a into lot the of force. But this time around, yeah, he like puts his arms around her and just like, yeah, like just starts going in on the action on he, that chick. He is uh, that that nurse at the beginning. He's like oh, a yeah. gigantic dirtbag. Oh yeah. He she somebody else sabotages the machine he's on. <laughs> yeah. And then when she saves him, <laughs> when she saves him. <laughs> And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. He's just like, well, I mean, if you want to keep your job. <laughs> he blackmails. Yeah. He blackmails her into having sex. That's, that's rape. Yeah, I think we can just agree. That is totally just rape. Yeah, and totally. And it's real gross. And, like, you know, at the time when I was younger, I'm sure I was watching that, and I was like, he's so suave and debonair. <laughs> yeah. And nowadays I watch it, I'm like, oh, he's just a giant creep. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. just a real big creep. He's a dirtbag. I will say, he didn't hit any women this time, though. Good, well, good on so James. For, Way to go, James Bond. Good for you, James Bond. You I, I used see, finesse. He's thinking about it. He's running right through his head, like, oh, I'm pretty sure he hit somebody. <laughs> maybe, he, yeah, maybe he I, did. He grabs Domino really hard. Domino he, gets slapped by Largo, but you're yeah, right. I don't yeah. think Bond does. Bond, it. Yeah, yeah, Bond didn't slap her. Yeah. And but you know what? Good on James Bond. He 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 didn't strike a woman. He instead used finesse <laughs> to get with them instead of you know just physical force. Sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. just blackmail this time. Not force. Blackmail. Yeah. What a creep. <laughs> so so LPJ, I'm happy that you brought up that um this is the first time you got into Bond because this was actually supposed to be the first Bond movie. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Fleming obviously had. A couple books out already you know at the time before the first bond comes out um and it was right around 1959 1960 that they're like all right we got to turn this into some movies and whatnot and so i mean the story is is very very famous but um fleming gets together jack winningham and kevin mcclory to try and work on a plot and a story for Thunderball that was going to be a movie so well, they was, wrote it was actually a film script. They, they wrote and it the was film script, yeah, yeah and it was written and Fleming, he didn't love it, so he got kind of crabby and went back to his place in Jamaica, Goldeneye, and then he wrote his own novel of Thunderball and took a lot of stuff from the Whittingham and McClory write-up for the film. And he released it as a book, and as soon as the book came out, um, it was McClory that got a hold of it tried to stop the British presses from printing the movie and release or not the movie the the book and releasing it and they like immediately went to court about this in 1960 and it took about four years for things to finally get settled and Whittingham kind of went away so Whittingham's like just give me some money for for what happened here and and I'm done yeah but Kevin McClory becomes you know front page center of this news like nothing was never enough for him so a, a deal did get made in 1964 in that McClory's name had to be on the film as the producer. So, you know, the normal producers, which is Broccoli and Saltzman, they were the executive producers for this film. 
Um, and he was given certain screenwrites that were written in the original version that the three of them worked on, and that allowed him to use those parts to then make the 1983 Bond movie Never Say Never Again. Which Poor was, man's Thunderball. Right? <laughs> Warner Brothers, and I know LPJ has some weird love for that movie but it's, i do it's shit i want to talk about it too uh, <laughs> but there's there's more that you're not including in this i didn't get there yet but include it please okay i, I want to take a break okay so <laughs> this whole lawsuit it ended up being a total of three lawsuits the third one was believe it or not mm-hmm. eon Productions suing sony uh-huh. Sony was like, oh, okay, looks like uh, Kevin McClory has the rights to these particular characters. Hey, Kevin McClory, why don't you come over here to Sony and we'll make our own Bond series. Sony was going to make their own separate Bond series of films using the rights that Kevin McClory had. Yeah, in the 90s. Really? Yeah. Huh. At yep. the same time that they were getting ready to make the Pierce Brosnan movies. Huh. That would have been weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so then Ian Productions said, no, this is not going to happen. And then they ended up suing Sony and that was the lawsuit that resulted in them getting all of the rights back and allowing them to then make Spectre. Ah, okay. And that's how they were able to use uh, Spectre again. And Blofeld and all those those characters again. Because there was even a middle lawsuit where McClory is like, you know what? The, The cinematic bond as we know it today, that's really my idea. So then he sued to get the cinematic bond and all the th- stuff that tied into the movies, not Man. the books. And I know he got a big settlement for that, too. Like, he actually was awarded some money for that. They settled out of court yeah, or whatnot. So this guy is, like, total douche. Like, definitely <laughs> trying to cash in. I mean, I get it that they w- worked together on this screenplay, but he definitely took every advantage into the oh, system. Oh, absolutely. To, to get in this financial gain. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I a part of me thinks like, well, you know, he worked on the original idea and it's really shady that he got like, you know, sort of ousted from it. But another part of me is like, well, I mean, Fleming wrote books before this. Like they took his books and they were like, hey, let's make a movie out of his books. That's just real shady. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're dirtbags all the way around. <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. I uh, now I uh, and and if you want to talk about something else no, first, of course. But I I do want to talk about the plot of the movie. We haven't really chatted too much about like the the gist of it. I mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, I feel like all in all, this is sort of one of the like most classic Bond plots ever, right? Yeah. So you have James Bond who I uh, I. Uh, basically is dealing with Spectre's number two, who's stealing two atomic bombs and is going to hold the world ransom. Does it get any more James Bond than that? But what I love about it is what he's actually holding them ransom for. So it's not money and it's not power. Did you catch what it was that they act- that Spectre actually wants? Well, isn't it a uh, hundred million? Yeah, it's a hundred million pounds. pounds or whatever pounds in diamonds. Oh, right, in diamonds. That's <laughs> it's right. Not, right. It's not actual money. It's diamonds. Like what? Why? Well, I mean, they're forever, right? <laughs> uh, That's a later Bond movie. Come on now. I think it's because they're untraceable. I, I presume, yeah. I guess. Uh, or maybe it's, you know what, honestly, and I don't know, and and I, I, I actually haven't seen uh, Thunderball in a bit. I did some research, but I didn't have the time to sit down to watch the movie again. Mm. So maybe they touch on this, but like, I sort of got the impression that it was Spectre, because they, they, they're holding the world ransom, right? 
Yeah. But they're really not holding the world ransom. They're holding. They're going to target Miami, mm-hmm. which is in America, and they're targeting NATO for this. I feel like they're they're like at that point, aren't they kind of just like trying to like instigate stuff because it's like, hey, NATO, give us this stuff, or we're bombing America, and America doesn't really have a say in this. I feel like at that point, isn't like America just like. Hey, yeah, NATO, what are we doing about this? And isn't it just sort of like, isn't their goal sort of like more about strife than anything else? And the Americans do a really piss poor job at bringing anybody into this, too. <laughs> I mean, pretty much all they have is is Felix Leiter, and that's it. Um, yeah, but he can he can fly a helicopter real good. I, I guess so. <laughs> and, and he shoots a shark, which I'm pretty sure they shot an actual shark. They I shot they a did. ton of actual animals in this. <laughs> they actually did. They that Those are real deaths of those sharks. The 60s uh. were a weird time. They're like, yeah, you can just kill animals on film <laughs> and nobody cares. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not great. Yeah. It, going back into the plot, you mm-hmm. know, another thing that, that this movie immediately reminds me of, and it's going to remind all of us of this because of the time frame that we were born and whatnot, is like this was the blueprint for Mike Myers for Austin Powers. Yeah, this like, really started. I didn't like, even realize that until I saw the scene in the boardroom with yeah. uh, with all the Spectre agents lined oh, up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then the guy falls and gets cooked like Will Ferrell does. And, and oh yeah, hundred percent. And then even the number two guy, main number two. You know, they steal a nuclear bomb if I remember right. You know, in Austin Powers, there are so so many references. This is the first time I think we see the cat. Uh, as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Because is this the first time we... Because we know Spectre exists before. It, it's the second time we see Blofeld. He's in From Russia with Love, at least his body is. Oh, that's right. But I can't remember if the cat is in there in the second one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't, because I don't he talks so. to yeah, Rosa so. Klebb and... Um, that's right. Whatever, Red. Robert Shaw. Yeah, Red, whatever his Red name Grant. is. Red Grant. Yeah, Red Grant. Um, but yeah, I don't think the actual... I, cats there. I do really, really love the that scene where they walk in and it's the boardroom mm-hmm. and it has that like kind of like sterile sort of futuristic sort of look to it and like you you don't really see Blofeld like he's you know hidden and he's like you know really menacing he murders a dude who failed him and nobody like blinks an eye oh like, yeah that's Largo like, that gives you kind of that spookiness <laughs> yeah. too number two Largo with his eye patch he just looks like really really cold and calculating just dudes getting cooked next to him <laughs> he's just like oh whatever I, I want to go around the, the group real quick because we never get the answer to this. Why do you think Largo is wearing the eye patch? Who wants to go first? <laughs> uh, is there an answer? <laughs> no, there isn't. So I, I want to like, hear how what you he think. Lose his eye? Yeah, how do you think? Why do you think he's got an eye patch on him? Uh, if I had to wager a guess, mm-hmm. Largo is probably got like a lazy eye or something and he wants to be more menacing and let's face it a lazy eye isn't quite as menacing as an eye patch because in the rock scissor paper of menace eye patch trumps most everything uh if i had to wager a guess i think that it's just the lazy eye and he's just wearing an eye patch to look cool um i would uh wager to guess it was some kind of spear gun incident (laughs) (laughs) like like not enough to kill him but it got in there and it just it had to be taken out I like that. LPJ, you got an idea? Uh, I'm willing to bet he just, like, scratched his cornea, <laughs> and it's temporary. <laughs> he doesn't, like, normally have the eye. He just happened to have it for the time frame of this film. Because this film really doesn't doesn't last very long, time no. frame-wise. It all mm-hmm. happens well. I think he's just got, like, a scratched cornea. Oh. I think, uh, isn't there a shark with a really pointy nose? Right. Yeah, like the, 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 the swordfish. The pointy nose shark. <laughs> the pointy nose shark. Sure. All right. Swordfish. Sure. Swordfish. 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 Swordfish is what I'm thinking about. I think 
because that Disco Volante is a hell of a boat. I think one day he was in the water and he got poked in the eye by a shark. Which, which, by the way, I wish we all would have got matching Disco Volante crew member shirts <laughs> like yes. they have in the movie. What is with that? It took me a while. I'm like, what do those shirts say? And then I'm like, I'm pretty sure they just say Disco, Disco Volante. Volante. Yeah, yeah they totally do. Which, do you <laughs> know ahead. the translation for Disco Volante? Uh, I'm guessing dance? No, I don't know, actually. Italian for flying saucer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Huh, that's uh-huh. awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, it's a hydrofoil plane, so it's sort of like a yeah. flying saucer. Did you notice, too, at the end of the movie when they're on the Disco Volante and all shit's gone you know, crazy and they're going super fast? Oh, my a, gosh. There's a dude that shows up with champagne. Yeah, what was up with that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just in the background, nowhere. and then, like, Don Bond is obviously there, like, trying to fight everyone, and he just kind of, like, I don't know if he just kind of, like, packs away or he gets involved <laughs> in the no, fight. No, he gets knocked over. Does he get knocked over? Yeah. Okay. Let, let me ask you this about the Disco <laughs> Volante, and maybe, I don't know, it, it's a big boat, but it seemed to me like it wasn't big enough for all the stuff that was going on underneath. <laughs> like, when they were below, no. and all the, like, the submersibles and all the, like, it seemed like maybe it wasn't big enough for all that stuff to be happening below it. Well, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but the Disco Volante is like an iceberg. It's just <laughs> enormous underneath, <laughs> oh, and it's okay. just tiny on the top. Okay, so you couldn't see all the stuff. No, the Disco Volante is actually a TARDIS. Oh. So it's bigger on the inside. Oh, okay, all right. I can buy that. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Right. <laughs> uh, there you go, there you go. Um, I, I'm trying to think here. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we pretty much went over what the plot is. I mean, it is so basic of a plot we talked a little bit about um well we didn't talk enough i don't think about that opening scene the, the cold open oh so, yeah so i mean yeah. lpj obviously mentions that the jetpack which the jetpack was real oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah 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 it was from i think the royal navy or whatever it may have been um the stunt man uh requested he said that he would only fly the thing if he could wear the helmet bill Souter. Mm-hmm. It was his name, yeah, yep. Bill Suter. He uh, he was an engineer. Apparently, he was one of only like two people qualified to <laughs> uh, use the jetpack. And yep. yeah, he wouldn't uh, not use the helmet because like they were like Bond doesn't wear a helmet, and the guy's yeah. like, I don't care what James Bond <laughs> does. I'm on a real jetpack. He's like, I'm wearing the helmet. Let me let me ask you this, guys, in the logistics of the movie. When did Bond go and put that jetpack, like, on top of the building? <laughs> like, when in his, like, foresight was he like, you know what? I'm going to go put this up there because I'm probably going to need to get out in a hurry. Because it's just there. I that- think, honestly, he probably was like, how does he, how do you work this thing? And it just went off without him attached to it. And it landed on the roof. And he was like... <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'll roll with that. Probably. Yeah, you see, I think I think he didn't think it was there. I, I think he climbed up the building and was like, oh, there's a jetpack. Oh, he's like, I oh. need to use this. He's like, I better put on this helmet. <laughs> That's exactly how I think it went. <laughs> the whole the whole opening's weird yeah. too. Like it is. Why would the colonel go to his own funeral dressed as a woman if he was trying to be incognito? Wouldn't he just I, I don't know. not be there? Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, Cause yeah, the uh, the opening is Bond goes to the funeral, quote unquote. Yeah, of, JB uh, is on the casket. So at first you think it might be James yeah. Bond. Oh no, James is dead. Oh no, no, it's just this random dude. Yeah, but it's him with the chick. They find out he's like a, a specter agent. Number that six. obviously is yeah number six. Oh number six. That's yeah. right. That's staging his death. But yeah, you're right. Like I don't I don't understand what unless they were trying to bring out 
Yeah, what maybe James Bond. Maybe they're trying to lure Bond out or something like that. Maybe that's they the do only thing him. I can think of. Yeah, I mean well, he's always a, a thorn in their side. It was a shitty trap because <laughs> <laughs> well and, uh, there was and, nobody at the funeral. And, and, and I like that you can definitely tell for the first like I don't know five or six shots that it's definitely a woman that's like in that dress and then like oh hundred percent. It's like oh that's and then it's like oh no it's a man. Just kidding. It's like all right well you just kind of threw that in there. Yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of other weird things like. There are. So they, so really, the MacGuffin of this is <laughs> they have this guy who gets plastic surgery to uh-huh. look like an Air Force pilot, a NATO pilot. Yeah. So they can kill the NATO pilot, steal the plane, and then kill the guy that they gave plastic surgery to. Oh, now here's the thing: they weren't originally going to kill that guy because if you remember, it was I uh, I. Uh, the, the guy, uh, was it uh, Pal- uh, Palazzi? Yeah, Palazzi yeah. takes Duvall's place. Mm-hmm. So Duvall is is killed. Uh, the guy in the bandages who's at the sanatorium, which is another weird thing. We'll get to that, <laughs> yeah. too, because that's just really bizarre. Uh, Palazzi tells the, the guy who hires him, he's like, yeah, no, uh, 100K, yeah, that's great. I want an additional 150K. And so uh, Fiona Volpe says, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. And then at that point, they're like, okay, this guy's got to die. And so the guy decided to play hardball with Spectre. <laughs> they're bad holding call. the world ransom, or going to hold the world ransom, with two nuclear bombs. That's ridiculously cold. They're willing to nuke the city of Miami, and this guy's just like, give me more money. <laughs> it's like, what are you, stupid? Take the 100K and run. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he ever thought it was going to happen because, I mean, he gets stuck in the water, and then he just gets you know, gets his water, you know, well, gets his air I, cut. I, I think but uh, even if he leveled to the surface, Largo was going to kill his ass. Well, as soon Lar- as Largo yeah. cuts his air, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He swims down there and cuts him. Cuts yeah. his air. But even if, I mean, like, because he got he got stuck, remember, in the yeah, seatbelt? Yeah, like, his, like, seatbelt wouldn't come undone, and then Largo Largo swam up in an underwater scene, the first, yeah. I think, in the movie, and cuts his air and just, like, leaves him there to die. Yeah. But I'm thinking even if he got the seatbelt off, his ass still would have been dead as soon as he got up to the surface. Why do they care if the plane is discovered after they get the missiles? I don't know. They because they Because the weapon isn't, you know, the, the nukes aren't there. They have them in some underwater bunker. Yeah, and true, they can't is, find them anyway. Yeah. It is in the region, though. So you got to think. I mean, if you... Like, and, and this is maybe me overthinking it, but uh, but like, if you find the uh, the plane that had the two nukes, okay, they're not on the plane that needed to transport them. So where the hell are they? They're somewhere nearby. Well, by that time they knew Largo had them. Yeah, because they hmm. because yeah. Blofeld sent the message because that's when Bond was late to the meeting and they oh, played yeah. the tape recording. But I, I think it's a case where it's like they had no idea at all where to look for him. It's just like Bond had that hunch because he's like, oh, I recognize. I can't remember how he recognized. Was it the tattoo or was, or something in the picture? And then they're like, oh, she's in the Bahamas, so that's why he went there. It was Durval's dead body, right? Didn't Bond find him dead? Yeah, and then he saw a picture of he saw a picture. Mi six had a picture of the, the sister. sister. Which Let's face it. Which is really. Bond didn't really think that he was going there to investigate. He saw a woman and he was like, (laughs) oh wow, she's attractive. I'm totally going to interrogate her. They they told him that they were sending him to Canada to work (laughs) on the case, like for real. And I think he was just like, I don't want to go to Canada. Right? Like Bond's like, there's no way in hell (laughs) I'm going to Canada. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm going to the Bahamas where she is. Can I circle back to something while we're talking about this? So they, they steal the bombs on the plane, but the plane. 
from my understanding from the from the movie, it's like some kind of training exercise they're doing. Mm-hmm. Why why are there real nuclear bombs on a training exercise? You know, that's on this a plane? great question that I asked when we did Broken Arrow. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say because I thought you guys talked about this in Broken Arrow. <laughs> we sure and I, did. And I was like, well, why would you need to live? Huh. You know, now that there. I'm thinking about it, Broken Arrow is just Thunderball <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> You're exactly right. Right? You've, you've cracked Christian the code. Slater is James Bond. <laughs> so I feel like the 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 French Air Force like went to their pilots and they're like, "All right, guys, you know we we feel like you guys aren't taking this seriously enough." So this time around, we're going to really load the plane with two nukes. Uh, if you mess this up, you're going to destroy the world. Up the stakes. It's, it's got to be, right? I mean, I would assume. <laughs> I This this whole part in the sanatorium, oh, even as so a weird. kid, I didn't really understand what the hell was going on. Like, for 10 minutes, they're just messing around with each other, right? He meets that Count guy. What's yeah. his name? He's Count work- Lippe? Lippe? Count Lippe, yeah. yeah. He's, he's working Lippe. for Spectre. With the tattoo. With the tattoo. And but the tattoo doesn't really. I think the tattoo represents that he was working for the Tangs in China. Yeah, and but like I don't that. know how that ties into anything and that well, was going I, on. And here. I think the only thing that circles back to it is that he notices a tattoo. Then when we talked about before, which when he's on that back stretching machine. Mm-hmm. Which side note, why does the back stretching machine have a kill someone setting on it? <laughs> like why? Why can you turn it up that high? So here's uh, here's something. Uh, in case you need to kill someone, it's like, Joe, obviously. It's like, I mean, it's why, why would it go that high at all? The, it's, so it's called a spinal traction machine. It's a spinal traction machine. Okay. Now, here here's something that's a, a little behind the scenes. I was doing research, and then, so I see this thing, and I'm like, okay, I, I got to look up some stuff. So I bring up like the uh, the Wikipedia article on spinal traction machine. <laughs> All it brings you is to this weirdly like barren page on Wikipedia where it talks about like the merits of like spinal traction, <laughs> and it's like I feel like somebody who's like really, really like just super into old medicine, like like made this page, and nobody <laughs> cares at Wikipedia because it's spinal traction. <laughs> Because like the only picture is like this like uh, uh like a uh, a piece of art from like ancient Greece, <laughs> and it's like what the hell is in like and it's just all weirdly confusing and like like laid out weird. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I I guess maybe there's just not enough spinal traction experts going to Wikipedia <laughs> to share their knowledge. But like I don't know. It felt real weird and shady, and I just felt like oh yeah, this is this is weird. Yeah, this is real weird. It seems even in the movie, it seems like a thing where like maybe in the sixties they're like, yeah, this is helpful. But you look at it now, and you're like, no, that's probably not doing anything. You know what it seems like? It seems like a fucked up fetish somebody <laughs> has would have. <laughs> <laughs> but they're trying to get creative. All right, I mean, you know, Thunderball. Like I said earlier, they're trying to one up all the previous movies so they're like shit we gotta go underwater now now we need this weird sex torture machine you know like they gotta keep coming up with new things i guess but <laughs> so so when he's in that thing when when they turn it up to the kill setting which is on there he notices the guy that does it is the guy with the tattoo so then after he gets out he goes and that guy's in that like weird steam pod thing <laughs> yeah and he puts the broom thing in there and like turns it up all the way and is like peace out and leaves the guy in there but he lives yeah, he lives because yeah, he, he lives. gets blown up by Fiona. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Which in that scene where Expertly he gets blown up by when, Fiona. Yeah, when he gets blown up by Fiona, the the stunt man that was driving the car that got blown up almost got run over by that very car. <laughs> really? Wow. They, um, 
they had like the doors on the driver's side like ripped open so that he was going to be able to bail when they truly blew up the car with him <laughs> driving the car. Oh, man. And as he was swerving, like that was legit and all that, but it was when he was swerving, he he let go of the wheel and his body like went flying and they said that the wheels were like an inch or two away from running him over and killing oh, him. Oh man. That would be so and, terrible. And when they cut the scene, I guess everyone went running towards him because they thought he was dead. Like, they were screaming his name and screaming his name, like, where are you, where are you, where are you? And he's like, hey. And he, like, showed up, like, <laughs> behind them. Like, they don't even know, like, how he was there. It's like that scene in uh, in Last Crusade where the tank goes over oh, yeah, the yeah. Yes. and Indy walks up. And yeah, and they're like, all, like, looking down. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. So, yeah, that dude almost died. Oh, man. Bob Nero was his name. Apparently, he's a huge stunt guy for all these James Bond movies. So that didn't you know, stop him from wanting to continue well, to do it. Well, he probably got a shit ton of hazard <laughs> pay at that point. Is he yeah. the one who they paid, like, 150 bucks to jump into the shark tank? Yeah, I think it might um, be. Um, <laughs> it was. No, I think you're right. I wrote that yes. down. It is the same guy. I was taking a shot in the dark. Yeah. The dude, after he, he almost, almost died in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. Multiple times. The 60s yeah. were fucked up, man. Yeah, yeah, they were real messed up. You know, you also got Domino riding sea turtles, too. So you see that oh. part, too, which I don't think that's really allowed either. There's yeah, a lot of stuff that's no. not allowed. No, not I think at all. the 60s were a strange, strange <laughs> place. I think what's funny about this whole opening, and I know we're going to move on from the sanatorium here, is that he, Bond just happens to be there. Like, they don't send him there on a mission. He's there recuperating, and he happens to run into all this. Recuperate, it's just, it's re like happenstance. Recouping for what? The jetpack? The jetpack, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. He had quite a tussle with that guy in the dress. Yeah, I I'm happy you brought that up because <laughs> I had that in my notes, too. Like, it is, like... Bond always has a history of being in the right place at the right time, but this is like the ultimate right place at the right time. Like, how <laughs> in the hell would you be at the place where the pilot that's going to be, you know, faked to be a different pilot that's stealing nuclear weapons, like Bond just happens to be there in the middle of all of it? It's an insane coincidence. <laughs> I will say, how many sanatoriums are there, though? Like, maybe, <laughs> like, to us, too. it's like, oh, my God, what are the odds? But, like, I mean, was this the only sanatorium in the world? Was this the only <laughs> spine-cracking sex machine that was in the world? And that's why Bond had to be here? I, I'm not sure. What? So... I kind of get what the idea of a sanatorium is, but it seemed like there were people there in various states of <laughs> injury recovery. Like, is it a spa? Is it like a rehab facility? What exactly is? I think it's like all yes. those things. Yeah, I think it's all that stuff. Because the one guy's like the one guy's in bandages, and they're like, "Yeah, he's in rough shape." <laughs> That's it. They, they describe it a little better than that, but yeah, he ain't doing so hot. Yeah. Yep. I love the scene he's where seen he, better days. I love the scene where he, where he climb where Bond climbs through the window and like as he's walking by he takes one grape. <laughs> just take yeah. one grape here. That's at the hotel in the yeah. uh, in the Bahamas. And yeah. spoiler oh. alert, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in another movie we're gonna do later on. He does the <laughs> same thing. He does. <laughs> he sure does. So I here's something I wanted to bring up because yeah. so we're, so we're past that you know the the they blow up the guy. But when they're having like the briefing, the big briefing with all the double O's when they're mm -hmm. talking about it, they're in the like, oh, they're in the big like secret conference room. There is a giant window in there, right? <laughs> yes. Like it, it's like, it's like yes. the Today Show or something. People can just walk <laughs> by and see this secret meeting of all the double O's. I was going to bring that up too. <laughs> like, and, and, the big plan is on the yeah. wall facing the window. <laughs> yeah. Like anybody could walk plan. by and just be like, what's going on in or there? Or the map, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 
I thought uh, it was weird. I will say that shot is really cool. Like it is when a they cool when Bob oh, yeah, walks totally in and cool. stuff, it looks great. I love it. And uh, I also I thought it was always uh, pretty cool that uh, uh, Bond walks in and you don't actually get to see them, but all the other double O's yeah. are there because uh-huh. he takes the seventh seat. There's like yeah, nine yeah, people yeah. there and he sits in the seventh seat. So it's like and I love that he's late because that's <laughs> so like I'm Bond. I do what the hell I want. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Somebody so, probably lost a dog. So does that mean the person sitting next to him was Alex Trevelyan? <laughs> oh, yeah. exactly. Oh, it, well, here's the thing, though. Double O agents have a short life expectancy. Mm, that's it true. Might not have been. I think w- one of them. I mean, they had been what, buddies at least for a bit. So ooh, I think I was going to say one of them, but I think it's Double O Nine and Octopussy that's kill- gets killed at well, the beginning in, of it. In there's in the a circus, bunch of right. What's that? Yeah, he gets yeah. killed by the yeah. He's like as the clown and the guys at the night kill him. Yeah. Yeah. But in in fr- in Honor Majesty's Secret Service, they kill like five double O's. Well, then that must have been at Trevelyan popped in after <laughs> that, I guess. I uh, but I, I I yeah, I love that scene. The I, uh, you know the, the I love the casino scene. Yeah, what, what once, oh. once we make it into um, what are they playing in the that scene? They're playing baccarat. Is yeah, it okay? Baccarat. I wasn't sure. Okay, which is that makes Bond's sense. game. I mean, yeah. I know that Casino Royale really makes people think that he's a poker guy, but it's baccarat. Texas Hold'em well, poker. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you, baccarat, it was baccarat yeah. in the original Casino Royale, wasn't it? Yep. Yes, it in was. the original book. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and actually, for a lot of the older movies, it's always baccarat. Yeah, um, I. I don't know at what point it switched over to something else, but I know Roger Moore I plays it. I think it was Casino Royale. It might have been. And then they did it to capitalize on the whole world, the whole uh, you know poker right yeah. crazy. Even though no, you know what? I think Piers Brosnan plays who? Brosnan. <laughs> I said Brosnan. You didn't the first time. <laughs> Whatever. I think he's playing. Oh no, he's playing back. No, they're right. all and playing Gold, back. Goldeneye. Right. Yeah, you're right. I think it is. That um, is usually Bond's scenario. game. It's. It uh, I, I tried to learn how to play it when I was a kid because I mean, it's Bond confusing. It. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not, not easy. It, it's not that hard. It's a. It can be a little confusing. I did learn the rules a long time ago, but now I'm a little rusty. I think nine is the number. It's almost like yeah, blackjack, but you want to hit nine. It's kind of interesting. It's fun, but I. Uh, I would have to refresh myself I, with the I'm rules. I'm sure we all tried to learn the rules because James Bond. Does <laughs> oh, that's why I. Right. That's why I. Without a doubt. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, we have all these scenes of, of Bond trying to go around and, and figure out what's going on with these nuclear weapons. Um, you know, along the way, he, he meets Domino. Domino is um, the, the pilot's sister, yep. you know, the pilot that was killed to then have the Spectre guy take over his identity and whatnot. Uh, and then we know that Domino is Largo, who's number two, like a mistress. Yeah. And so he, because he saw the picture, you know, like we mentioned from the meeting, he's like, I'm going to pursue Domino because he probably just wants some from Domino. And Boss a scumbag. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so it's kind of going through all of that. You know, he meets Largo and Domino at the casino. You know, he he takes um, Largo's money. Uh, takes Domino to, to dinner. I think it was supposed to be a drink, and before you know it, they're like dancing on the dance floor because that's James Bond, right? Oh, yeah, I'll take your girl out for a drink. Meanwhile, they're like naked getting it on in a closet or something. <laughs> that reminds me. So, the weird underwater scuba sex. Yes. Uh, yeah, did they have sex like, underwater? That's yes. what they <laughs> That's what all the extra bubbles were. Either yeah, that or they were ha- fucking gassy. <laughs> no, it was sex because he said, I have some bad news to tell you. And she's like, oh, you're leaving. Well, you know, it's over. You made love to me and this is it. So see you later. Yeah, and then he's like, I hope we didn't frighten the fish. Yeah. yeah. What? How did that That's work? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. We, he gets invited to, to Largo's villa, I guess, on the island. 
uh, which is a pretty cool place, I would yeah, say. It has a cool name, but I didn't write it down, yeah, so I don't remember I, what it is. It starts with a P, that's <laughs> yeah, all I remember. It's like a... It, I think he owns like the peninsula. Yeah, and yeah. it's the name of the peninsula. I there there's um Bond is like I like when that scene when he's like kind of walking around that place. He's like so condescending to Largo the whole time. Like he's got that uh, like skeet shooting gun. He's like, oh, I, he's like that gun. It looks more fitting for a woman. <laughs> What? Like, Bond, what the hell? Yeah. He's just there just and being then, a dick. Yeah, and then Largo's like, oh, you know a lot about guns? He's like, no, but I know a lot about women. <laughs> like the one that you have that I'm going to bang by the end of this movie. <laughs> Such with, a scumbag. With, and, and this is another, like, maybe just little thing from that scene, but, like, when they get there and she's, like, swimming in the pool and she gets out and they're going to go shoot guns, she's like, okay. She's like, I got to go change. And then she comes back and she's wearing, like, another bathing suit. Yeah. Like, she yeah. was wearing a one-piece and then she's wearing a bikini. So she's like, I got to change, but into a different swimsuit. I thought it was weird. Yep. Yeah, There's a lot weird. of weird things. Like, everything's weird in this. The dog peeing in the street in that one scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, you mean. During the jungle or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you mean John Cano? Yeah. John Cano? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I said that I, my notes say that that thing looks awful. I don't want to go to that. No, it looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, so weird. The, so, I do like the scenes that happen though at Largo's place, and the scenes where he's dealing with the sharks and all of that. Do you guys know the stories about the the scenes with Connery and the sharks? Oh, I heard yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, um, again, it's the '60s, right? <laughs> so they were gonna have this plexiglass, you know, into the pool so that it would look clear. So mm. that it would look like, you know, Connery is right up to these sharks. And um, Terrence Young said that they ran out of plexiglass <laughs> and there was like a little like four foot window. And they're like, eh, the shark's not going to go in there. <laughs> it's literally where the shark went as soon as they like open the scene. So when Bond is going from the one pool to the other and he opens that door and that shark is right there and you see Connery's eyes like, holy shit, that was like <laughs> legit because there was nothing in between him and that shark. And I guess Connery lost his mind when he got out of that pool. Yeah, as you probably would, I guess, if you didn't know there was going to be a live shark in the water with Oh, by you. the way, Sean, there's a live shark in there. He got so pissed. And he's already at this point in the Bond franchise getting like not too happy about things. Like he's feeling overworked, he's feeling overused. He didn't even show up to any of the premieres for this movie. He refused to go. Really? <laughs> and so all the Bond girls would go to the premieres, but he said, I'm not doing it. And apparently it's because in Goldfinger, when he was in Paris, a chick flat out jumped into the Aston Martin DB5 with him to give him like a big fat kiss. But he didn't know what was gonna happen. Like he thought he was like scared for his life. And after that event, he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing a single thing. <laughs> and even when it came to all the special press releases le leading up to this movie, he refused to do any of them. But he did one interview. Do you know what inter what newspaper or what magazine he interviewed for? Oh, what's that? Was it Playboy? It's it was Playboy. Playboy. <laughs> it was the only one. Yeah, it seems about right. <laughs> yep, and that was totally it. So, but yeah, that shark scene is super famous, and there's like no way that would still happen now. So. I did uh, want to uh, touch real briefly on the uh, uh, scene with, uh, uh, and I've talked about her a bunch, but Fiona Volpe, uh, when Bond is shot, and uh, so Bond gets, you know, shot in the leg, and he's being tracked through the crowd with, like, blood dripping and stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, I really appreciate the fact that, like, unlike most other Bond girls where Bond, like, easily corrupts them, it's like, oh, you're the villain? Oh, now you're with me. With 
Volpe, she stays a member of Spectre. She wow. stays strong. And, like, he has to let her die. <laughs> like, he does not get to hook up with her at the end of that movie. No. Quiz, hot shot. Oh. I have a pop quiz related to the scene where Fiona Volpe dies. Ooh. Okay. Let's hear it. Previously to him dancing with Fiona Volpe, he's uh-huh. dancing with another woman. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Red dress. That she- woman also appeared in another James Bond film. Now, this one I actually know. Oh, I'm pretty sure I I could Let's be see. crazy. Let's see if you're full of shit. Isn't it Casino Royale? Isn't Damn it. she? Yeah, she's one of the card players. Yes, isn't she, she is. Yeah, oh, nice. she shows up in 2006 in Casino Royale as one of the card players playing against Daniel Craig. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Good yeah, pull. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had uh, learned that actually uh, 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 just uh, earlier uh, while I was doing research. I was like, I was like, I need to find more facts. <laughs> yep. And, See that uh, thorough people are my main thorough people. Just really ruined my pop quizzes. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Well, podcast over. I, I guess so. As we're winding down, going over the plot because we still got music and then some overall things about this movie we want to talk about. Well, I yeah. just wanted, I did want to bring up. The underwater stuff because okay. it is such a big part of this film, and no, I think we've you already don't say. right. You don't say. Like, I do. We think that, like, looking at it maybe now in the lens of 2018, is it like? Did you still enjoy it? Like, did you like watching it and seeing it unfold, or were you like, "This is brutal"? Let's. I'm going to save this for my review. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some cool stuff, but I think it kind of factors into my overall opinion yeah, on the okay. movie. I, I'm, I'm. Uh, remiss to bring up uh, uh, something related to video games. You, you know, of course, I'm on Legend of Retro. You have to forgive me for that. Please feel free to plug <laughs> yourself. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, there is a review for Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, and it gained a lot of internet cred because it was just such a ridiculous way to like you know complain about a game. Mm-hmm. It was like seven out of ten, too much water, and honestly. <laughs> Thunderbolt might be seven out of ten. Too, <laughs> too much, much water. water. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's. I think it's the same review for Pokemon uh, Ruby and Emerald. Yeah. I mean, I won't. Does that officially make this a crossover episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'll say yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, the the only other thing that I kind of would touch on is we're kind of wrapping up the plot here is the final kind of underwater like battle scene between the guys in the like orange and the guys in the black. It yeah. reminded me very much of like a like episode of GI Joe uh-huh. where it was just like all these guys in matching outfits and also like to keep these like eighties cartoon references like <laughs> Bond is like wearing like I don't know an underwater jetpack and this is very specific but you'll get it because it. I I thought it was like a centurion or something. Yeah. It looks like, <laughs> like he like put on his back and he's just like shooting through and he's like, yeah. I love how he's just swimming around. He's like, oh, I'm going to rip off your mask. I'm going to cut your air tube, spear gun, rip off your mask, cut your tube. He's just, it, it's, it's yeah. nuts. And all these other guys are having a lot of trouble. Yeah. And yeah. he's just and, like, and, cut, cut, cut. And I like too how like, obviously the Americans know now where the nukes are. Wouldn't you send like thousands of people to this water <laughs> to be like, all right, we know where the nukes are. It looks like they send like 20. It's like, all right, you guys can handle this. Hey, uh, Felix, <laughs> uh, uh, you're the, the man in the field. Uh, how many people do you think we need? <laughs> huh? Oh, I don't know. Like uh, 
15, do- 20. Yeah, like a dozen. He's yeah. like, dozen, <laughs> dozen and a half. Wait, 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 we got two bombs. So let's say 10 per bomb. He's like, I'll, yeah. I'll fly my helicopter over. Yeah. Hold on. And, and you're right. Like, like they don't do shit. Like, Bond gets in that <laughs> weird device that Q brought and just, like, kicks ass. Like, he's swimming around the shipwreck, dropping weird grenades that look yeah. like milk at, at people. And, you know, <laughs> like, just... Going think, to town. Yeah, and like pulling the uh, diving mask off is my favorite move because it's just like, ah! <laughs> swim off. They're like, I can't see. Right, and then I like how he puts the mask back on. It's like, that. how's that going to help you? <laughs> like, did, did somehow air get back inside the mask? On his mask? Yeah. Yeah, there's a way to do that. How? Is it like Obviously, a you've never been I, scu- scuba no, diving. No, I have not. So what you do is, oh boy. it's an old scuba <laughs> diving trip. Oh. You hold the mask out upside down, and you exhale air, and the air gets captured in the mask, and you put it back on. Oh, oh. all right. I'll give you that. Oh. Speaking of that, though, his little device that he had that um, allows him to breathe. Yeah. Um, legit, uh, the military thought that thing was real, huh. and they went to the Bond producers and are like, uh, where's the technology on that? And they're like... <laughs> The technology is that Connery held his breath for a really long time. And they're like, well, really? They're like, yeah, that doesn't. That that's not real. I'm impressed with Sean Connery. There's, <laughs> there's. I mean, the the movie's 94 percent underwater, and he's holding his breath the whole time. That's, that's you know what. Impressive. And his wig held up real well. <laughs> I don't know. His wig looked pretty bad in this one. <laughs> I would. I would just like. I to- mean, considering he's underwater. <laughs> though? Yeah, that's true. I would that's like true. to point out at this point in my notes, it says, "Yup." We're still underwater. <laughs> slash more sharks. <laughs> Seven out of ten, too much water. Yep. Yep. Um the the very final scene where they're fighting on the disco Volante, it's it like gave me a headache. Like, yeah, the, like the rear projection or really whatever is intense. like off. And I, and, and I don't like speed ramping, and they speed, sped ramp a lot of this movie. I'm not a fan of that Big at all. Big time. It's, yeah, it's nuts. And I, I would like to say, <laughs> I thought this was funny at the very end because they're like that scientist who like decides to help out Domino and sets her free, mm-hmm. and like the boat's going to crash, so they like they throw him overboard. But it's like, <laughs> then like they don't acknowledge that he's there anymore. They, they get picked <laughs> up and rescued, and like I'm like, where's that scientist? What happened to him? He's just still floating around yeah and i like too how she's not really that appreciative either like she just pretty much or he just pretty much saved her life and bond's like how did you get free and and she's like uh, some guy helped me and what's really <laughs> oh, weird oh, is yeah. Yeah, right. the last like there's no there's no like dialogue at the end of the movie no it's there just, isn't there's a solid five minutes of no dialogue and then they get picked up and they're they're gone i think the last dialogue is literally um She's when she kills Largo, which that's cool. I like how she's the one that kills yeah. him. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he, she's like, "I'm glad I killed him." And and Bond's like, "You're glad," or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that was literally. I think that was the last line. And you're right. It's like five minutes before the movie even ends. I would like to say that I do have something in my notes that says "random guy with bottle of champagne." <laughs> <laughs> I know we touched on that earlier, but and, and the ending is really cool. Like they get picked up, like in that that plane catches them and picks yep. them up. And my note says, "Really cool, but why?" I mean, why do they <laughs> do they have to really pick him cool. up like Wait, that. Why, and think about this. Now they're hanging off of a plane. Yeah. <laughs> How's the plane going to land? Right. It's just like it looks cool, but oh, it's like yeah. probably not practical. And they get jerked so like hard. Like I'm <laughs> sure Bond's He's got to go back to the sanatorium after that. <laughs> and she's not, she's not strapped in. Only Bond is strapped in. He's just holding on to her. Uh, she just goes flying. Whoops. So that Disco Volante explosion this is the last thing I want to mention. Then I want to talk about some music. That explosion. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the story here is great. They were given rocket fuel to make this explosion work. What? 
And the guys on the scene only had like two days to, to get this to work. So they had no time to test it out. So they're like, well, we'll see what happens. And when the thing blew up, they had no idea. Because it is an intense explosion when that boat explodes. It exploded so big that on the main island, windows blew up on the main part of the city. And it was and it was 13 miles away. Wow. That explosion destroyed windows 13 miles away. That's man. (laughs) It absolutely insane. Pop quiz hot Uh shot. What does Thunderball mean? Thunderball? Ooh. I I will go last. I, I, I don't know. It means Bond's balls are so <laughs> awesome, yep. they're thunderous when a woman sees them. You're right, they're huge. Yeah, yeah. They, when they clap together, it makes thunder. Yeah. You're close. Okay. I this is I, I do know the answer to this you one. Research ambassador. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I try to be thorough. Uh, Thunderball is a, uh, a, a military term uh, from testing grounds for atom bombs. The mushroom cloud was they called it a thunderball and that's why this movie about specter stealing atom bombs is called thunderball gotcha okay that's interesting i love that actually that's really cool it's it's uh, it's a lot more clever than where'd you get thunderball i don't know we just thought it sounded cool (laughs) Uh, we thought tom jones had a great singing hit so (laughs) for the record the reason why i know this is because i was like oh okay so like it was Operation Thunderball, right? Like, isn't that what they called it? And I was like, you know, what what does Thunderball mean? And then it popped mm-hmm. up, and I was like, mushroom. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> you know what, LPJ? This movie is Broken Arrow. Because remember, yeah, Broken Arrow is a name for when you've <laughs> yes, got two nukes I missing. Know. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, Broken Arrow, is this movie on land? It is. All right, let's get to some music here. Because this, I mean, it's Bond, and this might be my favorite Bond movie in terms of music. So we will go with the theme song that Tom Jones did, but we do have some alternatives as well that we're going to show, that we're not show you, this is a audio podcast, <laughs> that you're going to hear. So here's Tom Jones's Thunderball. I love the timpani and the brass hits. It's so awesome. It's such a good song. Real good. Yeah, one of the best. We should have brought our trumpets and played it. We should have. That would have been ultimate nerd. (laughs) That have been real bad. So they... Thunderball, the song, was actually like one of the very last things that they did in getting this movie ready to go. They originally had a plan to do a different song that was by Shirley Bassey, who had done Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. 
and this was Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which they do use. Um, the end credits, right? Yeah, they well they use it without her voice throughout yeah, the, the film. The instrumental, um, because the club that they're dancing in um, when when Fiona dies is the Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Club. Uh, this song is fantastic. Uh, if you have never heard of it, we're going to give you a little sample of it. Um, but please look for it um, on your own to listen to the whole thing. But here, here's a little sample. It is a fantastic song. They ended up not going with it because, well, the movie is called Thunderball. It's not called Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So they they had it all set up. Like the actual um, credits of Thunderball, like they had that showing while they were playing the song. And they're like, people are going to watch this and think like, what, this does, it doesn't make sense. Like, why am I listening to this song when it's telling me that the movie is called Thunderball? Mm-hmm. And they were just so concerned about that, I don't know, marketing strategy or whatever it was. Yeah. They're like, all right, we got to get, you know, we got to get Tom Jones in here. And that's that's what they ended up going with. Now, there was another player involved in the game that had his own version of Thunderball. Anyone want to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Johnny Cash. Film or filmed, uh, recorded a uh, a song for uh, you know Thunderball, and uh, he tried his hand, and uh, they didn't end up going with it. And I understand why, because it's not very James Bond. Mm -mm. It's not bad, but it's not James Bond. No. So here's a little sample here. in the sky and all the world can hear it call They shudder at the fury of the mighty thunderball The power of her engines now is drowned in the sea But the deadly force from within her is somewhere running free It is a great song. <laughs> and the beginning is very James Bondish with the brass, but then it gets like this country, like riding your horse in the sunset feel at the end. It uh, It's probably for the best they didn't go with Johnny Cash's version, because otherwise it would not have been Playboy that uh, <laughs> uh, James Bond was interview, you know, doing an interview for. It would have been Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly right. They should have used the song for Broken Arrow. <laughs> You're right. They should have. <laughs> The um, as I mentioned with Thunderball and the uh, the sound, the song was added at the last minute. So this movie, as we said, was was for a holiday release. They wanted to get the soundtrack vinyl out 
before the movie came out because they thought it'd be a great you know Christmas present for people to buy or whatnot. And so John Barry got sidetracked trying to come up with the Thunderball song that he didn't finish the score of the actual movie. So when they released the soundtrack, the soundtrack only has the music from the first half of the movie. There is no second half uh, score at all in the original soundtrack. Coincidentally, I own that vinyl record. I do too. And my copy is scratched and doesn't play without skipping and stuff. Uh, so I have mine yeah. framed. I've never actually played it. <laughs> oh. I've got actually I have all the James Bond vinyls except for two of them. That's a three fingers I just showed you and I said two. <laughs> they don't know that. They don't know that, but <laughs> I just shared it. I'm missing Moonraker and I'm missing um what's the other one I'm missing? I don't know. That's not coming to me right now. <laughs> Die another day? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Um so yeah, so they actually didn't release the full score until 1995. Really? So it was it when it finally came out. It was obviously some Bond people love their collectibles and memorabilia. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a huge item for people to get. Man. Which going off of that real quick too. I, I know we're getting near the end here. So we talked a lot about with Goldfinger how it led to this this Bond mania. There's toys. The marketing's huge. All these things are going on. There was an interesting toy that was created for. Thunderball that I wanted to, to share with you uh -huh. guys. Um, so Gilbert Toys was a American toy company. From what I saw in the documentary, it was the oldest American toy company still around mm -hmm. from 1965. They had action figures, all sorts of other Bond figures and all of that, but they made a James Bond road race, which was the DB5 and the Blue Mustang, like one of those electronic... Um, was it Tyco that used to make oh, those race yeah. things? Yeah. Yeah. That's how you Slot spell car. RC. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. And so uh, they they wanted to get it out for Christmas time. Mm -hmm. So it, it's Chinese. And they it was made really, really poorly. And Sears bought millions of them. <laughs> and when Sears saw it and they tested it out before they released it in the stores, they're like, we, we're not selling this. Like, this is junk. People are going to return this and get super angry with us. So they forced Gilbert Toys to remake it. It put them out of business. <laughs> it was such a big order and such a huge demand that Sears made on Gilbert Toys that they had to file for bankruptcy. Wow. <laughs> they single-handedly destroyed this company because of Thunderball. Isn't that crazy? Wow, I don't Man. even know what to say to that. Right? Like, <laughs> insane. And then when it comes to this movie overall, it took $9 million to make it. And like you mentioned LPJ, like you add the, the first three movies combined, it's nowhere near that $9 million. But the movie made $141 million in the box office. Oh, yeah, it was, they made and more than all the Yeah, that's 1965 money, $141 million, which adjusted for inflation, this is the most successful Bond movie ever. Really? Wow. It's right in the prime of Bond Mania, right? Yeah, so it makes true. sense. I mean, it's definitely not my favorite Bond movie at all. But when you think about like the era of it and the time of it, yeah, like that, it, it's just it's huge. It, it's massive. It um it won an Oscar, which believe it or not was for special effects. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> really? And is the last Bond movie to win an Oscar until anybody? Skyfall. Yep, Skyfall, Skyfall. for the song. So. Yeah, right, right. Pretty crazy that this was the most successful Bond film ever, but that's what we got. All right, you ready to rate this? I am ready to rate this. All right. 
All right. Well, we usually let our guests go first, but we have two guests. So do you two want to harpoon each other to the death to decide who gets to go first? Uh, yes, I happen to have my harpoon on me. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, no, I'm in trouble. I forgot mine. <laughs> All right, so your I dying my breath is going to be your ranking of this movie. I brought my blue handle knife. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, or a shark. Did you bring a shark? <laughs> oh, I didn't bring my shark. <laughs> uh, Joe, go ahead. I'll let you go first. Okay, uh, you know, this is this is a tough one. I kind of went back and forth on this because, I mean, I do still enjoy it. I still, I mean, I love Connery's Bond movies. However, I mean, we discuss kind of some of the downfalls of it. So much underwater, it's it's really a slog to get through some of the underwater stuff. And like you said, I think you could cut out a lot of that and still get the basic idea. But I, I still enjoy it. It probably middle of the road Connery Bond. I'm going to give it three machine guns. Cool. Hmm. And uh, refresh my memory. The maximum amount of machine guns I can give it? Five. Five. And you can do halves. Ooh. I'm going to do... Uh, I I do really like Thunderball. It's it has its flaws. It was your pick. It was. I I yeah. when when the the crew asked me like, "Hey, what's the next like, you know, you're going to be on another episode?" I of course need to be on, you know, Bond episodes all of them apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh but I as far as that goes, I I was just like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about Thunderball. I like mm-hmm. Thunderball. I you know, I, I just there's a lot of parts about the movie I really like even if there are some parts that aren't quite as good. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of uh, uh, five oh. and the only reason it didn't get more is because it's too much water. Seven out of ten, too much water. <laughs> I can go next. Yeah, good. So I agree with all of you, but I am again, I love Bond so much and I, it definitely clouds my judgment here. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> nope. I, I, I am going to say, though. I'm starting to see his list. Right. This is one of my least favorite Conneries. Yeah. <laughs> You're awful. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my least favorite Conneries. It's probably it's not my least favorite, um, but it's it's one of them. Diamonds are forever. Yeah. The, the underwater scenes are rough, um, but I, I keep thinking back on how impactful this movie was. Like, the fact that so many movies of Bond after Thunderball continue this trend of, all right, we got to one-up the next one. All right, what are we going to do this time? Bond's got a jetpack this time. All right, he's going to space next time. Oh, he's going to be in an alligator this time. Oh, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, the ridiculousness just continues to happen. And it really, I think it is 100% this movie. Like, you know, the previous movies have their little quirky, kind of cheesy things to them. But they're still kind of believable. You know, like, this one is not at all. Like, there's just too much craziness going on in it. But mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that it it does set a trend for not only Bond movies, but I think a lot of action movies in general. So, with that being said, I am giving this guy four stars. Four stars. Four machine guns. <laughs> He's getting four. LPJ. Wow. Um, I mean, this movie... It's your first. It is. It was my first. It was Doesn't my first that Bond. Mean something. <laughs> and it was definitely what I thought was my favorite for a long time. And then you know I, I've seen it a, several times since. And this movie's. I mean, it's easily thirty minutes too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's definitely okay. Man, <laughs> I don't know how much time we got left. We got. Play, you know what? It's my show. <laughs> I like Never Say Never Again better. Oh, oh, you are the worst. Nobody like, else agrees. Did you hear all those groans? Yes, I like. Nobody else agrees. I like 
Klaus, uh, what's what's his name? Uh, uh, I don't care. Nobody's going to be able to help you out. No one's going to help you. Because Never Say Never Again is a piece of dog No, every single part of the movie is, it's like a, it's like a faster more contemporary version of this movie and I think it's just yeah, better because it was made 20 years later the villain's except, better except Sean Largo, Connery isn't any better and Largo, never never again Largo is a garbage villain when it comes to Spectre I love Largo that's one of the other reasons why I rate this movie high he's a great villain I don't think so Largo really? basically I think what Largo's he awesome he just walks around he swims underwater a little bit and shoots yeah. a gun he's Blofeld's number two he doesn't he's so, do anything he's evil. so high in the rankings that he can just tell people to do stuff for him that he doesn't make him sharks. good in the movie oh it makes him great he's no got, he's got an eye patch nope nope <laughs> Klaus yeah. Maria he's got an eye patch Brandauer. he's got sharks Klaus Maria Brandauer in, in Never Say Never Again is a much better villain Largo has a good fight with Bond at the end of Thunderball I know, I know it kind of gives you a headache because the background is insanely moving fast. I think it's a good fight at the end. They said it took them a long time to rehearse that it's fight at the end. because Largo was like 300 pounds. He was kind of big. <laughs> <laughs> he had to stop Absolute every two minutes unit. to catch his breath. <laughs> Whatever. No, this movie, I look. I, it's like, the 60s. I I'm sorry not every Bond movie. villain looks like, you know, Jaws. I will I will die in a mountain and say <laughs> Never Say Never Again is the better of the two. All right, so how many damn machine yeah, guns? I mean, not a machine guns. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half machine guns. This is Your first right love in the middle. Is, You're wow, giving a James Bond movie first a failing grade. That's not die another day. How dare you? My first love broke my heart. <laughs> Upon seeing it again, it broke my heart. It gained 30 pounds you know since what? the last time I saw it. As far as that goes, LPJ, there's, I feel like it, all you have to do is just watch through the movie again. Wait for a particular scene. Because there's a scene when Fiona Volpe asks for her clothing so that she can get herself dressed. <laughs> and then, you know, beat up Bond. And Bond throws her a pair of, a pair of shoes, sits down, and he's the... <laughs> Third biggest uh, creep moment in the movie? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's him uh, raping a girl and the black man. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. You're right. This is probably two and a half. Yeah. This is a two and a half. This is 100% a two and a half. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's I would much rather sit down and watch, and I have sat down and watched Never Say Never Again. Okay. Never Say times. Never Again. We get it. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You love the Never <laughs> yeah. Say Never Again. How about again? you never say anything about <laughs> Never oh, Say Never Again? Again. Uh, for the record, uh, how old was Sean Connery in Never His toupee wasn't any better in that one. Sure, that part's problematic. <laughs> I get that. I get that. He, walk, he came out in a walker. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. It wasn't However, a martini. It was oatmeal. <laughs> now you're just being hurtful. The prune juice. Shaken, not stirring. <laughs> he, had, he had to have some tapioca <laughs> before they laid him down for nappies. <laughs> Yeah, the sex scenes, he's like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. I'm going to bed. He just turned over, <laughs> took out his teeth, and went to sleep. <laughs> hey, Kim Basinger, I'm not really into this. I got to I gotta watch some Matlock and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Craig WK, would you like to share with us your involvement with GameZilla Media? Absolutely. So uh, my involvement with GameZilla Media is that uh, I am the... Uh, one of the co-hosts for Legend of Retro, which we talked about. It's uh, where I uh, hang out with Chops and uh, Xander and occasionally even The Glitch. And we uh, talk about old video games. So if you're into retro video games, make sure to check that out. Uh, certainly search up uh, the Gold uh, GoldenEye episode where mm-hmm. we you know, talk about James Bond a bunch in it. Uh, now, uh, 
On top of that, though, I'm also the host of Noobs and Dragons, where we run through a Dungeons and Dragons campaign with Grimlock, Jazzy, and Chops, uh, who are also part all a part of the Gamezilla network. And uh, on top of that, I also do uh, long plays on YouTube, where uh, I go through uh, RPGs. I do all the voices and stuff. That's a lot of fun. So make sure to check out Craig WK Long Play. And uh, I, I think I've plugged myself enough. I, I can't think of anything else. It's the million dollar man over here, Ted DiBiase. He's the. I, I love yeah, what I do. Hardest working man in show business. <laughs> so we got. That's not even at all who he is. <laughs> He's James Brown. <laughs> That is exactly who Craig WK is. He is he looked, James Brown. He looks a lot like James Brown. <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I just said. All right. Joe, well, you want to plug anything? Yeah, Joe. <laughs> how do you follow that? Uh, I will plug my upcoming appearance on the last action podcast. It's a good plan. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Um, Craig, Joe, as always, it's been a pleasure having you guys on. It's been great. And uh, LPJ, it is about time that this episode of Lax Action Podcast should be terminated. But the Last Action Podcast will return and die another day. 